Hello and welcome to Borked, the podcast by Geeks for Geeks. I am your host, David Eagle. I have with me my co-hosts, Jay. Hi. And, <laughs> and Rev. Hello. And we have joining us again, Daisy. The, Hello. Uh, the awesome person who found all of our news items for this week. So thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Since, uh, I do that. I mean, our listeners don't know, but right before the podcast, it's like all of us on a call for like, Anywhere from two 20 hours. minutes to two hours, two hours. <laughs> uh, chit-chatting and figuring out what we want to talk about. So there's a lot of method to our madness. And I think that this new system where Daisy just does everything and then we talk about it is amazing. Pretty good, gotta <laughs> yeah. say. So let's jump directly into our Geek Weeks. Jay, do you want to talk about what you did this week that was geeky and slash awesome? According to our show prep document, it was actually Daisy and someone that she might know tangentially through the relationship known as marriage. Um, so maybe she'd better. Oh, yes. I get to go first. Mm-hmm. We, Jay and I, went to a friend's house for a game night, and we played Talisman. Talisman? Talisman. Um, which was really fun, and it's totally a geeky board game, and it's... Not new, but the fourth edition came out last year, and that's the one that we played, and that's the newest version. Um, I'm, sure it, I'm sure it's not, but is that based on a Stephen King novel by any chance? It's not, unfortunately. It's not. I was hoping, but it's not. It, it's just based on the, the word. <laughs> <laughs> it's based on the concept of a talisman. That game was published in the year of our birth. I know. Crazy. Yes. By Games Workshop, but now it's by Fantasy Flight Games. It took good. it over. So, did you enjoy your experience so, with Talisman? Yes, I actually I had a lot of fun. Um, it, there was nine of us playing, so we did not end the At game because, like in the little user book, it says don't play with more than six players if you ever want to see the end of this game. But we played with the nine people anyways because that's <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Jay can explain it. He's better at explaining things than I am. But it was really fun. <laughs> uh, if you want to try and, like, a very simple way to explain it is, it's the game of life mixed with D&D. So, percolate on that for a second. But that's essentially what it is. You have a board in which uh, there's an outer ring and two inner rings. Uh and you move about them by rolling a standard six-sided die, and when you land on a square, a certain event will happen based on the type of square it is. And uh, at the beginning of the game, you're given a character card, and that character has certain different ways that he interacts with his environments. Like, they'll have certain effects where they don't have to do what cards say, or they don't have to do whatever, um, or they get to do extra things. And uh, so you land on the squares, and usually it's like you're challenged by a creature, and when you defeat it, you take that creature into your kind of pile, and his point value adds up, and once that point value exceeds the value of 7, then your character levels up. And so as your character levels up, you're able to take on stronger foes, and as you take on stronger foes, you can move in towards the inner circles of the map. That's basically how the game is played. Wow, that actually sounds... Kind of cool. No, it's great. I, there's no doubt about it. Not for nine people, but uh, I would but definitely... But in general, really good. Yeah, yeah, really good. Actually, I think the next time that Sarah and I head down there, um, we'll probably borrow it from the Bensons, and uh, we'll all play it, because it's a lot of fun. It's not complicated at all. I would say half the people there were not game people, not board game people at all. So um, 
it was really good. I'm really excited uh, yeah. uh, to play it again, actually. So. Well, it was cool. it was a group of um, guys that have been friends since college, and all, and so the it, I think it was originally the guys were going to come over and play, and then all the wives slash girlfriends came with them, and we all played as well. So I think they intended for there to be four people playing, <laughs> but there ended up to be nine of us. <laughs> So, but it was really fun, and I would definitely play again with fewer people so that we could um, reach the end because we didn't get past the outer ring of the board. Oh, really? You didn't yeah. really advance inward at all? No. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that we were playing also with an expansion deck, which, in addition to the the outer ring and the two inner rings, there's a side kind of dungeon that you can go into, and that's basically once you get into second level of strength. So a couple of people got to second level of strength, and we're on that side of the board, and so... Uh, went into the dungeon and promptly got their faces handed to them. It was pretty awesome. And nice. we were playing with alcohol, too. So. Yeah. We're good about you were playing with it. Yes. We were pouring <laughs> it on the table and swimming. <laughs> uh, yeah, about half the people there had quite a bit to drink. <laughs> so Makes it, it got really better with it. No, actually, honestly, this game might be better with it. I'm not going to lie. Right. It's, cause it's not that complicated. It's not that long. Uh, one thing to note, though, is that if you're going to play it, you probably should get the expansion decks because the starting, the characters in the starter deck are horrible, horrible by comparison. I can't even tell you how bad they are. Their their abilities are completely useless. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much it. Fair yeah. enough. Well noted. And I'm sure that's not the only geeky thing you guys did this week. What else did you? That's the only geeky thing I did. Uh, I downloaded and started playing Mass Effect. I know I'm like two years Yay. old. Yay! But, uh, yeah, I intended to buy the game like right when it came out, and then I found out that I knew someone who worked at Microsoft, and when you work at Microsoft, you can get Microsoft games for 20 bucks. I remember I was, like, that. Like, holding out for them to get it, and then that never worked out, that and so never I never happened. got it, and there were other games. But that was like years ago. Mm-hmm. That was right when it came out. So, <laughs> and then finally, because I'm like, oh, 20 bucks, and then I was looking on uh, Xbox Live, and you can download full games for money now, not for Microsoft dumb points, but for oh, real money. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh shoot, 20 bucks, and I got it. Well, that's worth it. Yeah. And you have the hard drive on your Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you just downloaded it straight to that. Downloaded straight to there, and I've been playing it, and it's it's a lot of fun. The the shooter combat aspect of it is good. I find myself wanting a bit more slowdown time in it, like uh, like a Fallout 3. Um, having played Fallout 3 now, most people play that after. But I find myself wishing I could do more strategic things like I did in KOTOR. I end up just kind of running and gunning, which never feels good to me. But, uh, <laughs> the, but Never feels good. Yeah, but the system itself does make it feel good. You don't feel like you're being punished for playing slightly aggressively. Um, and there is a cover system. So that's kind of my Venn diagram of good shooters is cover system and uh, how it deals with you moving about aggressively. And so, for example, Halo, no cover system, and you have to move aggressively. I hate that. And then, um, you know, this... Call of Duty makes you do that as well. Single-player campaign. Unless you move in aggressively, they just keep throwing bad guys at you. That's really annoying to me. I don't like it at all. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. I, I like I like cover system, and the other side of that would be like Rainbow Six Vegas, where it was all cover system, and if you stepped out of cover, you're dead. 
Um, so this is a really happy medium. I'm pretty, pretty happy. I am playing it on the easiest difficulty mode. Don't kill me, Rev. I know. Uh, but <laughs> I understand there are some... When, it, when it's been this long, I'll play it on easy. Well, yeah, that's the thing yeah. for me, too. Is I, it's, it's almost 2010. I don't want to be... Two is almost out. I know. I, I don't want to be playing... <laughs> gotta get this that's done. The next one. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing I said, too, is I'm not going to buy any more uh, uh, 360 games until I finish this one. So, Well, I might break that and get FIFA 10, but that's only because I'm insane. So. That's different, though. Dude, I don't, I don't know. I might have to play Wet before Mass Effect. Have you played the demo? Of what? Yeah. Is it on yes, HBO? Yes, it is, and it's so goddamn fun. I played it like oh. five times. I'm going to have to download that as yeah. soon as we're done here. It's good. You'll love it. All right. Well, I mean, it sounds awesome. I mean, everybody knows it's a great game. Whether or not you've actually played it all the way through or played it at all, like the, there's been so much buzz that I don't think there's any question about whether Mass Effect is worthy. So. Oh, it's absolutely worthy. I'm really looking forward to playing the rest of it out. Well, kudos. I hope you enjoy it, and I'm glad that you're doing some gaming there, and I'm glad that you're going to buy a soccer game, even though it seems to be... Maybe maybe it's not. Like I know we talked about this, and after watching King of Kong, I think it's really interesting, this idea that spending time mastering a video game that is challenging to play is worthy, you know? Yeah, that's true. I don't know, I think it's extremely geeky, but kind of cool. And I was definitely making fun of uh, you and Weigand, but um, it wasn't. I wasn't serious about it. I, I have serious. done that, you know, I've been guilty of that. It's fun. I don't know. I don't know what there is to say. <laughs> Isn't that like ultimately when it comes down to it? I mean, I'll make fun of people for playing stupid games, no doubt about it. But shoot, if they're having fun, then I'm actually the idiot if I'm making fun of them, right? Because <laughs> I'm like angry playing WoW, and they're having a good time playing another game on the console. Like, they're playing uh, Miss Pac-Man, and they're having a blast. Yeah. So who's You're the like, idiot? Like if you walk up behind someone and they're like, oh, and screaming at their PC. Versus somebody who's like having a great time playing Wii Tennis, I think I think the results speak for themselves. That's that's a valid point. Um, all right, well, moving on, Rev. What was your week like? Uh, I didn't do much geeky things because I was busy doing uh, nerdy things for work. But I did get a chance to watch uh, Nerdcore Rising, which was fun. Great. Yeah, it was fun. Um, it, was, it was kind of what I expected. I kind of felt bad when he would walk into a bar and only have like eight or nine people there. But I wasn't sure what to expect. But I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Um, what else nerdy did I do? Downloaded the latest Monkey Island uh, episodic from Telltale Games. Started playing that. That's not how you say that. How do I say Episodic. it? Episodic. Do I say meme? Meme. <laughs> meme. How do I say it, Dave? Id. Daisy said it already. It's episodic. I could say it however I want to say this. <laughs> See, I knew you were going to say English. that. That's why I didn't answer you. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, we went to a friend's house and played. Uh, what's that stupid game that we played that was awesome? That stupid Wait, awesome game. You played werewolves. We played werewolves. <laughs> you tweeted and about it. Werewolves? And, uh, 
I still yes. haven't played that. So everyone sits in a circle. There's a moderator. Yay. Shut up. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Shut your filthy mouth. Um, every, uh, you may have played this. A lot of people have played it, and it's called Mafia. And there's this version, which I don't know which is the original. Anyways, Werewolves of Miller's Hollow. Everyone sits in, in a big circle, and then the moderator passes out cards to each person. Those cards are kept secret. On the card is stated your role. Uh, the basic, basic game, there are villagers... There are a ratio of those villagers which are werewolves, and there is one person who is the fortune teller seer. And basically, uh, it's played in a very simple round. Everyone goes to sleep. The moderator wakes the werewolves. They secretly decide silently who to kill that night. The village wakes up. Uh, that person is uh, killed, and they leave the game. They're not allowed to talk. And then the village that day decides who to lynch. And then they decide Sounds who to lynch. Great. Wow. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that person is then lynched. They are removed from the game and they go back to sleep and the round begins again. I would totally play this. So we played it with eight people. kind of sucks with eight people. It, I've played it with 26 people at a convention. Whoa. kind of sucks with 26. It's probably the best around 16 to 18 players. I would say. Uh, it gets really intense. Really, really, really intense. Our shortest game with eight people was like five minutes, and the longest game I've played with the 26 people was almost four hours. And that was also, I have to say, we started that at one in the morning. Wow. Yeah. There's also other roles that you can throw in, like the hunter, if he, who is never a werewolf, so you're, you could be a hunter. And if you get killed, you get to choose one person... And they die. Doesn't matter if you know if they're a werewolf or not, they die. Uh, and there's a bunch of other roles. But it's a really fun game. It's all about talking. Uh, it's like... RPing. Talking. Yeah. Well, not RP. It's it's all interrelation. Like, you're making an argument based off of people's talking to each other and what like how they vote and... Uh, their mannerisms and everything. It's really intense game. Hmm. Fascinating. I'm There's all no about game board. That. There are no pieces. I mean, there are cards, right? It's those cards, yeah. It's yeah. really cheap, so. though. It's fourteen bucks or eight to fourteen dollars, depending on where you buy it. Wow. Well, next time we're down, do you think we could get together a team with the gray hats and or anyone else in the area who might yeah. be in? Yes, absolutely. How big do you think we could get it? As big as we That's want. What she said. <laughs> like maybe twelve. <laughs> I think we get 12. I think, yeah, 12. I think so. That'd we could awesome. do 12. We could totally pull together 12 if your sister would play. Which sister? Bum bum! <laughs> well, she just got called out on the podcast, which she doesn't listen to, so hopefully she'll play. <laughs> yeah. Shakes Magic right. Gate Ball, Outlook looking grim. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what did I do this week that was geeky? Um, I feel like I say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again. Not a lot, it feels like. Yeah, what the hell? You're not that geeky, I guess, right? I know. Well, I've been, you know, just kind of busy. And I did what? Oh, I, I did another podcast. I'm doing yeah. this other podcast. Have you for talked about that on this podcast yet? Once, yeah, like two episodes ago. But I'm doing it pretty much every week with a guy named Crioni. And actually, we just got a guild chat, uh, a website, a guild chat. We just got a website <laughs> set up. 
and you can find it at guild-chat.com, and you can find the episodes there, and you can find some like information about it and us there. So, all websites cool... terrible. I yeah, can't hear. It it's just horrible. I would never go here again. I agree. It's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like it, but whatever. Oh, it um, it's all about World of Warcraft and uh, being in a guild and functioning in a guild and leading guilds and just how you cope with the challenges that. Uh, all that brings and we tried to talk about strategies and we talk about our own experience so it's a lot of fun Winston on that one um, Creone is, is the other guy who does it he is the, the lead on that and does all the heavy lifting so he does the editing and does all that stuff and he's just awesome so it's been fun doing that I just get to come on and make a fool of myself and then uh, he does all the work so it's great well, can uh, I ask you <laughs> you may ask a question one question one only. question is it on iTunes yet uh, almost. I know you won't listen to it until it is. It's true. Dude. So that's fine. What's okay the site? Guildchat.com? Guild-chat. How is that not oh. taken? Guildchat is taken, and it's in nothing. Nothing to see here. Please move on. I know. I was annoyed. It's an Apache default screen, and it's been registered since, like, 2001. That sucks. I hate that so much. The oh. same with uh, DavidEagle.com. A guy taken? used to own that, and now it's, like, a domain And doesn't spotter. use it. But I, I emailed him at least four times over several years, and he kept emailing me back, yeah, I'm going to use it pretty soon, so... <laughs> what? I'm like, I actually have a website. You are a bad man. <laughs> anyway, all that oh. weird, random, uh, internet-related ranting aside, um, I did that. I've also been trying to finish off a William Gibson book that I'm a huge fan of called Spook Country. Oh, I almost racist. picked that up because it was racist. like $4. Well, don't pick it up because I have it in hardback, and I will give it to you when I'm done with it, which will be probably within the next few days. Um, what I didn't do, which I said I would do on last week's podcast, was go back and watch Garden State and figure out if it actually is or is not a good movie. So I, I'm planning to do that. Hopefully this week I'll have some time to do that, but I wasn't able to do that. Um, I want to watch that again, too. Oh, we could we watch should, it together on the Netflix. Have a party. Is it instant play? Oh, well, maybe not. Dang it. it has to be in- no, it's not. It has Can to be we in- fast play. forward five years when every movie is just in play? <laughs> I don't think it'll be that long. Okay, Garden but... State is in my queue now. Wait, Maybe why, we why do you guys like that like, movie? Have a literal party, like at your house. I just want to see it again. Yeah, come to our house and watch it with us. Okay, cool. I will okay. be there in a minute. It's expensive. You're so full of life. It's not expensive. You got a round trip ticket for like eighty dollars. <laughs> All right. Well, With anyway. Free Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> like... Wow. Okay. So if that it was, was eighty dollars. Much... I want my forty dollars back. Okay. dollars. <laughs> That's essentially. Uh... I'm done. Go ahead. Okay. I wasn't sure. I didn't want. No, to I'm done. I'm not going to do it this year. Okay. Right, good. <laughs> not like not like last. I week. already. I already. Already. I already did it. <laughs> okay, so moving on to yes, the news, which, as I mentioned before, Daisy was kind enough to compile for us, and she got some awesome little articles. That's right. Does that make me the geekiest this week? Because I have um, all the geek news. It definitely makes you the most organized, but I think we already knew that. Yep. <laughs> you are, after all, your mother's daughter. You yeah. are indeed. So I had, I had a question. Do you want to read these off to us, or do you want me to do that? You can do it. All right. So the first news, the first news <laughs> item which Daisy found for us was this little cool blurb on Apple.com, and it's from their PR site. It just came out a couple days ago, or today. Today. Wow, you are current. 
Jeez. Right? The Apple App Store downloads top 2 billion. Whoa. And this makes me wonder what the average price of an app is. I'm going to put that at roughly Free. $2. <laughs> I'm going to say 2 or $3 for my, my vote on that. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can see two. top grossing apps. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually the uh, $90 show me where to drive apps. $90? It's $90. What? But really? I understand that yeah, their phone iTunes. comes with... I thought apps were like $3 at the most. Well, they could be $3 or $90. <laughs> 90? What would you pay $90 for? Why would you pay $90 for something that Google Maps already does better? That your uh, brain already Step by you. step directions. Sir. Google Maps it is does step by that. step. You press forward on the step. You go step by step. So you're paying $90 to not have to press forward. You know what I you could say do also? I bought it. It's just, I'm just offended that anyone would buy yeah. it. Anyone. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. top grossing. It's oh, really gross. That's horrific. Well, so it's top grossing because it's expensive, not because it's popular. No, what I'm well, going to happens is it's... people see $90 and they're like, oh, 90 cents. Sweet. And they're like, no. God damn it! No. <laughs> then they're Yeah, they're, well, I don't know what's stupider, accidentally buying something that's $90 that's worthless <laughs> because you thought it was $0.90, cents, or legitimately buying something that's worthless because you thought it was $90. Yeah. Mobile Navigator in North America, $89.99, top grossing. It's been that way for like three weeks. Wow. I mean, we're talking, however you slice it, whatever the average price is, you're talking billions of dollars spent on iPhone apps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've put my fair share of that in there, I'm sure, but not anywhere near that amount. In this economy, that's crazy talk. Gosh, oh, hey, what's wrong with you, Jay? This kind of spending in this economy, isn't that what boosting the economy is? I'm sorry. Buy oh. when it's on yeah, sale. Sorry. My bad. If we don't buy iPhone apps, uh, the terrorists win. I think exactly. that's terrorists I think that win. should be Apple's new tagline. If you don't uh, buy iPhone apps. The terrorists, I don't think that really goes to their market segment. No, <laughs> probably more terrorists. Microsoft than... <laughs> no, that would be a big blue. That would be an IBM thing. Well, can I take uh, a, know, quick, a quick question America. here? Most expensive app you've bought on your iPhone, go. Zero dollars. Ten bucks. Daisy. $0. Um, I'm going to go with, I believe it was Echophon Pro, which was like two ninety nine. You call it Echophon also? <laughs> we talked about this last week. It is oh, spelled Fon. Okay. F-O-N. Fon. Uh, yeah. uh, minus $10 as well. I think it's the same one that Rev Guitar Toolkit. It's totally awesome. Works. It's the best thing ever. Oh my gosh. I've used it so many times. My brother-in-law's favorite thing to do is tell me how he gets his apps for his, blue his Blueberry and how uh, they cost, <laughs> how they're free, and they do the same thing, except you need five of them to do the same thing as any yeah. iPhone app. He's like, I got one like that, too. I'm like, oh, can you like just strum your guitar and it'll tune it for you? He's like, oh, no, it doesn't have that. I'm like, mm. well, what, what good is it then? <laughs> well, it plays the tone, so yeah. then you use you your listeners. I'm deaf, though. Well, you... hmm. All right. What now? Next news article, that's what now. <laughs> <laughs> the most obnoxious update utility on your computer. What is it, Rev? Go. The app calling thing we use? Oh my gosh. <laughs> what, what oh, that thing? Call yeah, that's burner. really obnoxious. Every, Call burner. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. It's for free, but every time you start your computer, we're going to annoy you. Yeah, it's super annoying. And then, um, Jay, you can't have the same answer, so most obnoxious update application on your computer. Uh, well, it's just it's not really a good answer, but I'm going to give it anyways. It's, uh, it's got to be the curse add-on updater. It's obnoxious, but I need it to be obnoxious or I'm going to have out-of-date add-ons. So. Yeah, that's a valid point, but that's something that you actually care about. Like, right. for instance, the Java updater. Mm-hmm. I don't care uh, if there's a new version well, of Java. Or the Adobe Adobe updater. Yeah, Adobe oh, updater. that is the devil. Well, the other thing, too, that drives me nuts, and this might be kind of to the point of what we're about to talk about, but I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much when iTunes tries to tell me I need Safari, and what is that other piece of crap? Mm-hmm. That they always try Apple to update. Quick time. Quick time. No, it's not. QuickTime and Fine. What's the other one? It's uh, it's like Mobile Me. No, I've already said no to that. <laughs> I don't <like> that crap. <laughs> it's like what, $150 a year for nothing? For email. No, you get email. Oh my god, I've never gotten an email. You can before. sync your oh, calendar you on your iPhone with the internet. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Exactly. No, no, what's it's the it's their it's their uh their file client thing. What is that? They're always pushing it on me like a crack dealer. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. All right, whatever. Well, we all have those experiences with really, really annoying update screens that just pop up, take over your whole screen. You try to exit out, and it tells you your computer is going to be out of date, and you have to go through 10 dialog boxes to close it. And then if you accept the update, it downloads stuff and then takes 10 years to install stuff, and then it makes you reboot afterwards, which is the worst thing in the world. No, actually, what's worse than that is that it takes your computer an additional five minutes for each program that wants to boot at startup. Well, yeah, that too. I will say that on the Mac, the like, the updater thing that happens to update all these Apple products as well, it at least tells you what you can install without having to reboot. It has yeah, a little and special noticed, icon. Yeah, I've noticed with um, Kim's Mac, it's much that updater because it's the same it's fundamentally the same updater that you get on a PC when you install iTunes and QuickTime really yeah but for the Mac it updates the entire system but on the Mac it is about a thousand times less obnoxious than it is on the PC for some reason mm. so god help you if you haven't turned well, off well it's the same for curse client on the Mac they happen to give every Mac user the pro version so you just turn it on and it automatically updates but for the PC version, like, it's kind of crappily made, and then you have to update, which takes so long. It doesn't. I don't understand why refreshing the curse client takes so long. S- scanning add-ons takes like two minutes, and then when you go to install, it's like they throttle your connection intentionally to make you buy their stupid service. <laughs> You're not mad about it, though, right? <laughs> so these update software packages are really obnoxious. Well, Apple did something amazingly cool. They include this iPhone configuration utility 2.1 and apparently it's used to configure an iPhone and it is used as a for instance by like a corporate IT manager who wants the iPhone configured for his environment. You can create a rollout package that automatically does that. Oh yeah. Which is cool. So it came out in a recent update, and it was one of those things that, you know, when you open your Apple update screen, it's automatically checked for you. Like, it's going to automatically install when it updates your iTunes and QuickTime, which is not as cool. Well, the crazy, crazy thing about this is, 
in this application, built into this application, Apple decided to include, which nobody uses. I mean, I have an iPhone. I was able to configure it with iTunes, which is how it was supposed to be configured, and it works just fine. So if I needed an application like this, I could probably go out and find it, and since I, I don't know that I need it, I probably wouldn't notice if they didn't automatically install it on my computer. Built into this application is not only, you know, whatever it does that connects to the iPhone and runs their script, but also an Apache web server service. Mm -hmm. uh. So when you install this little, oh, nice iPhone update utility, whatever, iPhone utility, you are installing into your personal computer a web server complete with all of the potential for buffer overrides and all kinds of stuff that we know web servers bring to the table. Just tons of security risk for no reason being pushed on tons of users because well I can't really think of anything good. So that's an awesome um, news item from s security, from IT world and I love that story. I, I am in love with that story. <laughs> um, yeah, in the gateway? I think it's pretty amazing. No, because the story's totally a chick, dude. Have you read it? <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, that, that guy's picture on the front of the article is totally a chick. Ugh. Hey, hey now. <laughs> don't judge. Speaking of chicks. Yeah, don't, don't talk crap. Girls like to watch The Big Bang Theory on TV. In fact, 12.83 million girls watch The Big Bang Theory on TV. Really? No. 12.83 million? Some of them may have been dudes. Oh. Um, I think the point the point of this is... Season 2 DVD for the Big Bang Theory is available, and the Season 3 premiere came in third place, which wow. is really impressive. We're not going to see Big Bang Theory go anywhere anytime soon, um, which is good, because they bring us such innovations as, you know, Rock, Paper, Scissors, Lizard, Spock. And Will Wheaton. <laughs> and Will Wheaton. You've never played Rock, Paper, Scissors, Lizard, Spock? No. Okay, well. Wait, we'll does, remedy the, that. does the lizard beat the rock? Uh, no, Rock crushes Lizard. Does it beat <laughs> the scissors? I believe scissors cut Lizard in half. So, do they beat the paper? No, paper disproves Spock. Mm. Wait, but what happens to the Lizard if you choose paper? I think he eats paper and he succeeds. And also, Lizard poisons Spock. You know, there <laughs> is the internet for this. What happens if a rock hits Spock? Yeah, Jay, LT is the internet. Um, I don't know. I think Spock would probably, like, Spock chop it. Spock chop it? It's like a judo chop. But, oh, I'm so confused. Don't worry. Daisy will have it up on her screen in a second. She'll sure she you. will. I'll be out there to check. <laughs> <laughs> in a second, in five seconds ago. So, while, Doll, or while The Big Bang Theory came out really strong, a show that I am very fond of came out with exceptionally weak numbers. Dollhouse had 2.56 million views on its premiere night, which I think means we're probably not going to see season three of Dollhouse. So if you're a Joss fan, sorry guys, Outlook does not look good. <laughs> Are we close to the Magic 8-Ball one? This is the Magic 8-Ball one. <laughs> um, Outlook, what, what would the Magic 8-Ball say? Grim does not look Grim, I don't think the Magic 8-Ball says not, Grim. Mine does. Outlook <laughs> <Yours> does it. <laughs> Let's ask my book of answers. Is that geeky? No, I think it's yes. just weird. Well, the fact that you're actually opening a book while you have the internet in front of you, I don't no, know what that know. is. It's called the book of answers. It's, it's this freaking awesome book. It's like... Is it a laptop? No! Listen <laughs> to me. It's like a magic eight ball, but it's a book. And instead of just having, what, six answers for you, it has... Let me, let me go to the last page. 
400 and something. And they're great. So you ask it a question. So I say, Will, is this, let's see, what's the question about Dollhouse? Is this the last season of Dollhouse? Accept a change to your routine. Oh, well, since I don't watch it, that would mean I'd start watching it, which means that it would keep going. <laughs> All right. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Answers are much better than a magic eight ball. So I love my book of answers. My mom gave it to me. That is geeky. I just decided. Okay, so we're probably not going to see Dollhouse season three unless something really picks up. And you may or may not remember that Dollhouse was only renewed for a second season because of very very strong DVD sales. So way to go, Brown Coats. You got it back for a second season. Don't hold your breath. We may not be seeing... I mean, I understand Felicia Day is going to be in a couple more episodes, potentially. Wee! Which is awesome, but we're probably not going to see a season three. And just to give you some contrast, uh, Dollhouse had 2.56 million viewers, and Medium, which was on at the same time, which is a show that I don't know any single human being that watches it, Medium had 8.78 million viewers, and all of those were female. And then Dateline had 5.8 <laughs> million viewers, and all of those were over 55. So who is that knows? a dating show? Dateline? No, yeah. it's 60 minutes on a Dateline. Really? Day Jay, you don't know what Dateline is? I'm kidding. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and uh, Big Bang Theory 12.83 million viewers. Yes, Big Bang Theory, almost 13 million viewers. Rev, which is me sounding like I don't know what I'm talking about is a, is is a talent. Often. No, it's, it's a I work on this. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the... I Pod believe meet. this the section is called the pod meet this time because we decided oh. to really just change it up. And I don't know. The only thing that sounds better to me than pod meet is spam. Oh. Um, and if you've ever been to South Carolina, you know that they sell something. It's not just South Carolina. It's anywhere in the South. They sell something called potted meat, which is... Meat in a pot? Well, it's like liver mush almost. Have you guys mm -hmm. had liver mush? No. No. Oh, it's amazing. Any type so loud. Sounds terrible. It's an experience. Anyways, uh, what what we're going to talk about, the first subject we're going to talk about is using the internet correctly. And it, it turns out that a lot of people don't use the internet correctly, and hopefully we won't get too much flack from the article that we're referring to specifically, but it can be found on geeknewscentral.com, and it's talking about how Google can help and Google can hurt. And uh, this article this guy wrote is a, an interesting little piece um, it might not be a guy. I should probably find that it out for sure. It is Jeffrey Powers. Jeffrey Powers, 12.23 a.m. Jeffrey Powers is a late-night blogger. <laughs> he is saying that Bing is a nice alternative nowadays. What? Which is not accurate at all. I, I binged it. I've never wanted to Bing anything. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been like, damn, I can't find what I want on Google. Let me just fire Bing. <laughs> like, why would you do that? It's a lifestyle change. Oh, well, you might be well, up for that, but so mm -hmm. he has some he has some complaints, and one of his complaints specifically, he doesn't like Google Docs because he feels that he's indifferent he, on Google. Oh, that is indifference. Yes, he's indifferent to Google Docs. He feels that it isn't a full-featured, robust application, or it's it not. doesn't. He's not confident it's to have sensitive two hundred forty-nine dollars. He's not confident to have sensitive data in there. And it doesn't make me update Java every other day. <laughs> That's why my Java updater keeps going off. Stupid open office. Yeah. I will still use you because you are so free. Way free. 
or Google Docs because it's cool. But the issue that I really have with this is it's not with the it's not with Jeffrey. He's probably a great guy. He's put together a really readable, really enjoyable article that's clearly an opinion piece, and you can't disagree with an opinion piece. Well, I can because I'm a jerk and I can just tell him he's wrong. <laughs> no, but it's an in opinion. general, people can't disagree with opinion. So the the real issue that I have here is he he goes on and he talks about Google Reader and he says that he hasn't gotten the gist of this idea yet. This is a quote. I've used feed aggregation before, but sometimes I like to quote-unquote hunt for news. When I used NewsGator, <laughs> I found that I was going back to the same items time and time again. And what I get out of this is that he starts to configure Google Reader, and he adds a bunch of news sites, and then he finds that as he goes through his different news sites, he is getting the same articles coming up again. And my first reaction to that when I heard this Daisy kind of read it to us and she was just looking through it. My first reaction to that was uh, that's because he's using Google Reader wrong. And that's not Google Reader's fault. He shouldn't be indifferent to Google Reader because he has redundant RSS feeds in his Google Reader that are providing him the same information multiple times. He should configure Google Reader correctly. So that led me to this whole idea that maybe there are a lot of people, even writers for websites like Geek News Central. Maybe there are a lot of people out there who are exposed to all this technology, but not using the technology correctly. Um, Google Reader is a great example. I've talked time and again about how Ars Technica is a great thing to have in your Google Reader, but you need to really break it down by what categories are interesting to you. And if you don't do that, you're going to get overwhelmed with 300 updates in two days if you're not checking your reader all the time. So. That's one point, but can you guys think of any other cases where there's a useful tool that people just don't use right and then think it's useless? Twitter. Twitter. Can you expand on that? Uh, well, the same thing kind of happens. I mean, I'm noticing it right now because I'm trying to expand my knowledge in soccer. So I'm adding a lot of people on Twitter and giving a lot of redundant links because they're all following each other. You know, and when you follow somebody and you see something interesting, you retweet it. So I end up getting the same six articles every day from different people. But at the same time, those people do tweet individual things which are interesting and or fun to read. So it's kind of a double-edged sword with Twitter because you can't really cut down on your, your people as much as you'd like to. But with a reader, you definitely can. And that's kind of why I think this guy's full of crap because... <laughs> well... Um, have, has, have anyone, have anyone, <laughs> yes, have. have you guys ever used NewsGator or do you know, I, um, don't use anything on the internet that has the word Gator in it because <laughs> I'm still scarred from the nineties. <laughs> yeah, um, but so I get the feeling from his article that he's never used reader, that he used NewsGator and had a bad experience with that and just assumes that reader is the same exact thing. It's basically, basically this, it's just an RSS aggregator. Okay. I thought maybe NewsGator was, like, pulling from multiple websites for him instead of um, him choosing what websites he's following. I'm sure he choose The main application would be to choose your own websites. <laughs> choose oh, okay. Your own adventure. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sure that... I, I wouldn't be surprised if NewsGator had the similar thing that Google has where you can find... It will tell you, oh, since you like this, you might like this. But you have to kind of go looking for that. Oh, okay. I see. Like on, on Reader, Reader homepage suggests yeah, places exactly. Reader as well. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, he's just not using it right. <laughs> um, Dave, to answer your question, RSS 
in general. I think the biggest thing that I hate people say is that RSS is dead and long live Twitter, which doesn't make any sense to me because Twitter is like, I turn on my Twitter and there are hundreds of updates on there and I only follow like maybe 40 people. It's just unreadable. I don't mean to interrupt. How often do you turn on your Twitter? I read my Twitter at least 10 times a day. 10 times a day? Yeah. Wow. Dude, you should see much. a specialist about that. I just need to unfollow people, but I think... No, that's... I mean, that's like too many times, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh. No, those are only like two or two times. All right, anyway, carry on. When I tweet, there's... What are you talking about? So you're saying RSS, Twitter... <laughs> you can't keep up with all the people updating no, Twitter, because... Yeah, Twitter is not not a good place to get real news. It's a great place to share ideas and, to get and share links with your friends. It's a horrible place to get serious, updated news. Yeah, your friends aren't going to share everything that's important, period. You need to go find a good online publication and subscribe to their RSS, which is the de facto way to receive their updates. It is the only good way to receive their updates. It's also the only way to become somebody that's worthy of following on Twitter, because if all you're doing is following other people and taking their information and redistributing it through retweets or through whatever, then you're going to get what I'm getting, which is the same six people spamming the same stuff all over again. Uh, so if you have any aspirations for becoming somebody worthy of following or gathering a mass following, either become a celebrity, uh, get Felicia Day to sign your boobs, or you can you know, start following legitimate websites and retweeting their stuff. And the other yep. thing I want to add to what you just said, Jay, is that's great advice in general. The, the really crucial thing is that you know, Twitter... <laughs> You have to, just like you said, you have to provide something new. You have to be able to do something. But what you're talking about specifically, correct me if I'm wrong here, is a niche. You're talking about people who play a specific video game and to whom certain news articles are inherently more relevant. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, essentially. I mean, once so you... within that, yeah. within that, I think when you're in a niche like that, it's even more important to differentiate yourself. Yeah. Because if you come in there and you are the originator of one of those things, I mean, I I don't know. I think that is going to get you more followers. I've noticed since we started doing Guild Chat, the, this podcast, and we've started, I've just started, you know, I'm involved with the project, and I've started tweeting about it and stuff. I'm getting followers who aren't my norm. My norm is kind of the general geeky, friendly people and slash business follower, and I'm starting to get hardcore WoW player followers. And a part of something that I know this is like off the rails and it's turned into a Twitter conversation, but something that's challenging about that for me is I feel a little bit of pressure to tweet in a different way because I see my audience growing and expanding into something different than what it was a year ago. Does that make sense? Absolutely. See, I, I don't, if that's the way Twitter is going, then I quit. Really? Why is yeah. that? You're gonna hop back on Facebook. I don't take it away. Because that's a website. Like Twitter is is a place to socialize with my friends, not produce uh, consumable content. But I think it's both. I think it has to be both because what it does is it gives it gives your audience access to you in a way that they wouldn't traditionally have from a normal website. Nobody nobody expects an actual internet celebrity to read an email. Does that make sense? Right. It gives your audience, like, I got 
a response from Will Wheaton a couple weeks ago. You did? You didn't hear about that? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Will Wheaton totally responded to something I said. Like, Will Wheaton, you know, minor deity in the geek sphere, responded to me because I happened to catch his eye when he was looking through his at replies, and I happened to be saying something that was funny to him and relevant. And maybe he doesn't remember it. Certainly he doesn't remember it. And maybe nobody else noticed, but I geeked out. Yeah. And I thought that was awesome. And And so for him he connected with a member of his audience and turned a fan into probably a lifelong fan. And at the same time, he's creating a consumable, which is what you're kind of concerned about, but he's not being disingenuous with it. And I think part of that is because, you know, what I'm talking about, when people are joining my stream because I'm part of this niche podcast, I know what those people are looking for. And Will Wheaton, when, they, when you join Will Wheaton's stream, what they're looking for is Will Wheaton. So maybe that's just two sides of the coin. Maybe it's always been that. Maybe everything is that. And it's just, you know, whether or not you choose to be true to yourself is the issue. Shazam. Well, I mean, much like the Internet, Twitter is what you want it to be. You can use it however you want, and you can control it in such a way where it will not become something you don't want it to be. So more power to you, Rev, if that's how you're going to use it. I, you don't need to quit on account of me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> don't feel obligated, but... uh I, well, this is my this is my issue. Like, I I quit in this form. If it, D- Dave, if you take your Twitter to be your marketing tool for yourself, I may stop following you. Which I obviously don't, based on the right. inane crap that I tweet all but the time. If, if <laughs> like if it goes that way, then because that's not I have started unfollowing people that do that. Right. And, no, and I I and. Honestly, I agree with you, and I also don't follow people who just send out a bunch of links, you know? Back to using Twitter right and using the internet right in general, I think you have a good point. You can't, but this is just marketing. If you are, if you're a business and you're, you have a business Twitter account, people expect you to sell product, and they expect you to do that hard and to push it. And I know that, um, Rev, I know that you have a business Twitter account, and I've seen it, and you guys aren't really super aggressive but you do throw some stuff in there you know yeah which is good you should but But if i'm a person because i'm your friend right if i'm a person like even if i'm trying to market myself if you are Mm -hmm. if i am it's it's a question (laughs) even if i'm trying to market myself as an internet superstar or a wow podcaster or whatever the reality hopefully is that through all of that stuff the stuff that makes me interesting in those niches is me and and so the mm-hmm. way that I successfully market myself is just to be myself and to give people access to that. And if they like it, I'll become popular. And if they don't, it'll be just like high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much true. You guys should have laughed longer because this whole section was just a setup for that. No, joke. it was great. No, it's it's very it's very <laughs> apropos. I'm not gonna, I don't want to steal your. Do you feel better now? Um, that, I, that's off your chest. I, hey, I'm not the one that's gonna quit Twitter, dude. I don't. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, our uh, LT is the internet section turned into what is what does Twitter mean to you? <laughs> well, it, it did arise. I think it ended with self help. Yeah. <laughs> is Just this love high yourself. School again? I feel so insecure. <laughs> Can we get back to the internet thing though? Before yeah, we so go there, really quick. What? Uh, yeah, go. I'm pretty sure I'm not important, but if I am, then Patrick Beja. Uh, only replies to me. But I'm pretty sure if you send him a message, he'll respond. Because I've said something to him like three times. He's responded to me all three times. But I don't speak French like you. No, I didn't speak French either. And he's really nice and funny in real life as well, apparently. So. But you know French. 
Uh, that hasn't helped me so far. But he doesn't speak French to Patrick. I don't know who that is. Not Patrick. You don't listen to podcasts. You don't listen to podcasts. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you don't listen to podcasts, but you're on a podcast. So you're using the internet, right? Is that right? what this is? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just on the phone? We're just this, hanging out. This uh-huh. is a self-help Twitter segment. Yeah. Uh, uh, Daisy, I want to hear a little Twitter bit from you. Can, well, you. can you... Uh, not well, about Twitter specifically, not about the internet. Actually, Twitter and Facebook. Um, and Yelp, oof. if you could. I just started. Um, so I have my Twitter account, and the reason that I even started it was because all of my friends were on it. Because we were all used to be, we all used to use Plurk, and that kind of died out, and everyone migrated over to Twitter. So I went to Twitter as well. But the more I use it, I add um, like blogs that I follow or celebrities that I like. I follow them on Twitter because, yes, they promote their whatever movies or whatever they're going to be in, but then you also get to kind of see a snippet of their real-life personality, which is kind of fun for me, whether it's a celebrity or just uh, someone whose blog I follow or whatever I found online that I thought was neat. Um, But so I have my personal Twitter account, and then I just started a second Twitter account because I'm trying to do blogging and sell stuff online. So I have two Twitter accounts because I want to use one for personal stuff and one for business stuff. So I use so it then, for both. And I in don't that mind. case, Rev can totally follow your personal account. He can follow account, me, but not my business. And then ignore the business. But he should follow the business one anyways because he's my friend. But he won't because he's <laughs> Yeah. No, see, that's my point is when people mix it. The mixing is what pisses me off. Yeah. You don't like when I'm mixing. in there and I see an update from Seed Eagle and he's like, this and that. Buy my t-shirt. How I'm awesome. <laughs> buy my t-shirt. Subscribe to my pay for podcast. I'm like, unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> it's this podcast. You understand that, right? Like, but if it's like... You're on it. But if it's like Eagle Cast, <laughs> then that's well, fine. Eagle that's but there's a worked cast Twitter account, right. so those no kind one of updates under anymore. That's true. Yeah, it's separation of church and state. That's all. I have to separation say. of friendship and business, which is important. <laughs> all right, fair enough. And then it's not business. It's you were going to talk about Facebook as well. Oh, just it. I use it for pretty much the same exact thing as Twitter. Well, except I have a ton of people on Facebook that I went to school with who I don't. You know, I'm not friends with, but it's kind of neat to see where they're at instead no, of not. having to go to a class reunion or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Jay on this one, actually. It's not. Like, I, the more I have gotten into Facebook recently, to my... <laughs> I hate myself about it every day. <laughs> but uh, the more I've gotten into it, the less useful I find it. Like, it, it is not in any way a cogent way of receiving information. It's almost completely useless Um uh, the people I end up responding to are the people at the top of the feed. I cannot keep up with yeah. the couple hundred people I went to high school with who asked to be my friend, or the people I I've, haven't seen for years. You know, there's you can't say no to that request because it makes you a douche. Why don't I you do. remove people out of your feed? Because that's I don't know. Because that's not the way Facebook makes itself work. Facebook isn't an open thing. It impresses itself what do you mean? on you. Well, looking at my feed um, right now, and I see a person I don't want to see updates, and I just click hide. Yeah. Well, Jay hasn't used Facebook that much. He just started using it, and he only uses it on his iPhone. So he so that's oh, a yeah, new update that you probably don't know about. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, because he doesn't use it. I don't use it. I have about 90% of the people on Facebook hidden. Wait, and hidden means you don't see their updates? Yeah. Oh, you can do that? Yeah, and that's new-ish. I don't know if you could do that on the app. Do you know how long it would take to go through all these people? (laughs) Well, I just did it since the beginning. No, you don't have to. You don't click who you want to hide. You can make a list of just the people you want to see. Oh. <laughs> I'll I'll teach you how to no, use but see, So this but, is no, 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 an no. example of using the internet wrong. No, folks, but no, right? no, no, no. Okay. Live. That that may very well be true, but I have to say like right now as you said that, I started building in my mind the list of people I want to follow and 90% of them use Twitter. Right. Yeah. yeah. So again, what's the point? I'm just going to relegate Facebook to my people from high school that I used to know it's and it's market share. Yeah, I don't need to use it for finding information. I can just use it for people knowing how they can get my email address. <laughs> well, a, a funny, a funny Which thing is about that. actually good. Mm-hmm. I was actually well. It is really good, and I, we've. I mean, we've seen enough stories and heard enough stories about long lost relatives finding each other through Facebook. You know, um, but I was talking to someone about Facebook and how it frustrated me, and the response was <laughs> that. It's all old high school friends, and it's people that in high school you were kind of acquaintances with, mm-hmm. and now they add you on Facebook, and then they want to talk to you like you were really friends in high school. Mm. Yes, which is why awesome. I disabled chat in Facebook, so no one can ever see when I'm on there. <laughs> well, yeah, but you're also never on Gtalk, because you're just afraid of people, so. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. That's actually the last topic. Good. I'm glad, great. I'm glad we're going to bring this up. <laughs> this is actually an intervention, David. <laughs> so, Daisy... One last thing, people using Yelp. Now, I use Yelp when I am in an area and I want to find something. Yes. Like a place to get my hair cut or a place to have delicious food. Right. People sometimes say things that aren't entirely helpful on Yelp. Yes. I don't know. Mm. What, <laughs> give, me a, give me a really good example of just someone who is using Yelp in altogether the wrong way. I have one, but go ahead. No, if you have one, go ahead. Because I think I already said it, too. It was from the old ship. It was a couple podcasts ago. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I'll find the review. Excellent, actually. Well, and David, the way that you use Yelp, I think, is how it's intended for the general user. And that's how I, when I first started using, that's exactly what I used it for, was um, I would... If I was like, I don't know this area, let me find what's here and find a place I want to eat. Um, but yes, there are plenty of people who write reviews, and it's like, okay, your review was about the smell of the outside of the restaurant, <laughs> and that's the city's fault, not the restaurant's fault, so why do you <laughs> one star? Um, but so, because I, for me, Yelp is an online community, so I'm active in the talk threads, and, and like, I have, space. like... Basically, but way better than MySpace. Of course. So the way that I use Yelp takes more effort than if you were maybe using it on your iPhone or something. Um, when I look up, if I look up a place, <laughs> if the place has four stars out of about 80 reviews or something, I will only read the negative reviews to see if their negative points were valid. But then also, if a place only has a handful of reviews and they're all whether whether they're all horrible reviews or excellent reviews, I click through and look at the user who wrote the review and see how many other reviews they have and see how long they've been on Yelp and see what their general rating is, what their average rating is for on their profile. 
So you can kind of look at that person and see if they have a trend of giving negative reviews or... Right, so I can so I can decide if I actually trust that person's opinion or not, or if nice. I think they're just being dumb and... Yeah. So that's how I use Yelp, <laughs> which I don't think that's normal. Well, yeah, and before you share your amazing review, you just linked in, Rev. Uh, the way I use Yelp, aside from the fact that my spouse uses it, uh, you know, is that uh, when we were on vacation for our anniversary, we were in a place we hadn't been before. So I'm like, well, let's use Yelp to help us find a good restaurant to eat at. So we flipped it open on my iPhone and looked through restaurants that were in walking distance and found one that had good reviews and we enjoyed it. So, I mean, like if somebody's going to use it that way as a, I'm in this area, what can I find? It's incredible. But then again, it can easily be abused. As long as you know what you're looking for, then I guess that makes it just like the rest of the internet. You need to learn how to use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just linked, yeah, Rev is throwing some stuff up in chat. The one that you just linked is the one that... Incredible. It is my favorite. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to read it. I can't just help it. Just do it. No, read right it. Now. Right now. Well, the this other is... thing too—the oh, other thing too about Yelp is um, the people who made Yelp want it to be an online community. They want it to be like a Facebook, where you can go in and have fun and have friends and you know get cool stuff from using the website. Um, so one of the big things that—and this comes up in the talk threads, especially in the Seattle talk threads a lot—is we call them question mark heads. Because when you're on Yelp, they ask you to put a picture of yourself because the whole tagline is real reviews from real people. And if you don't have a photo up there, your icon is just a head with a question mark on it. <laughs> kind and of so, like your Skype icon right now. Right. Oh. <laughs> I use Skype once a week, maybe. <laughs> and it doesn't have a question mark on it. So... Um, so in the talk threads, we call those people question mark heads. And if someone's a question mark head, I basically don't even read their review because that means they've probably written one review and it was probably to come on here and complain about something. And so I just don't follow those. I, I just don't pay attention to those person's reviews. Which is a good call. So to close out the section on using the Internet wrong, I'm actually going to – I just want to talk about people who are just not smart – this is the most, Rev found this, it's a review of one of our favorite little pubs that we go to, and it is the most egotistical and stupid review ever. So I'm just going to read a little excerpt. Uh, the reviewer says, Having never eaten frozen haddock because of my ability to get fresh, I ordered it on the waitress's advice. So that's that sets up the story for you. He ordered fish. He can usually get it fresh, but he's never eaten it frozen before, so he thought, what the heck, I'll try it. He goes on to say, she probably mentioned to the chef about my preference for fresh, and he decided to test me, because what was served was two pieces of eastern scrod cod, not haddock. The chef wow. decided to test him? Come <laughs> on, people. Nobody Eat cares those. about you. <laughs> yeah, but also, where is he getting fresh haddock from? Is he getting it from the ocean? Because uh, if he's buying it at his local market, it's been frozen before it gets to his market. and then it's Oh, he says out. he's in wholesale. But still, wholesale. that means he has to work yes. on the boat to get it fresh, because they freeze <laughs> it on the boat. Yes. So, and how do you know that? No, don't tell me. <laughs> the internet. The internet. Dan most dangerous, internet. deadliest catch. That's it. Yeah, it just frustrate like these. It like Sarah said, and usually or Daisy, usually <laughs> whoever you are. We both said it. We both agree. Woman, oh my lord! Uh, with these, 
one or two star reviews, I usually will read them, and most of the time, the crappy reviews are and and albeit I don't read all the four or five three star reviews. I'll read some of them, but not all of them. And often the reviews, even though the language may be okay, the review itself is usually extremely thin. It's like mm-hmm. like the review portion is the actual review portion is oh, I bought this item and I did not like it. But that's one-tenth of the entire content of their post. The rest of the post is like that they didn't like the other people attending the venue or <laughs> they didn't like the outside of the venue like Daisy mentioned. It's really frustrating because they completely skip over all of the good parts of the venue and you, they never get to them. They just have all these silly stupid things just like Daisy said. Right. Like for this the same place that you're reading the review for, this one girl who gave it a one star says, I didn't eat here and she's reviewing a restaurant. <laughs> wow. So she's she's giving them a one star based on walking into this place on a Friday night and it was crowded in capital letters like seriously three exclamation points. Wow. So we I'm gonna say I'm I'm just gonna ignore that review because she didn't eat there. And okay, it was crowded on a Friday night. To me that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Now, so the inter- the uh, internet quick question is about you know, if I flag it, like is flagging a review only for like con- like You're like supposed to only flag it if it's inappropriate, but people flag reviews um if they think it's not a valid review or if it's a question mark head with only one review, people will I want it. useful, funny, cool, stupid. Seriously. <laughs> like a grease monkey script for stupid. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, so closing out this topic, the internet is an amazing tool. Unfortunately, we, we let people use it, and the usefulness of it is often defined by its users, so... If you're struggling with a technology like Google Reader, which we talked about, maybe you don't have it configured correctly. Probably that's the case. A lot of people seem to be using it, and it's working great for them. If you are struggling with understanding something like Facebook, which I don't do, maybe you're not using it correctly, and and that's fine. If you don't want to use it, that's great. And if you are leaving bad reviews on Yelp, knock it off. Nobody cares about your stupid (laughs) opinion. Wow. (laughs) All right. So let's head on down the list to the next topic, which was inspired by me, and I'm going to talk about it, and then you're going to talk about it, and I'm going to be funny, and then you guys are going to be even funnier. So here it goes. <laughs> is, is that how podcasting works? Hello, That's hello, how well, hello, on this hello, show. Hello, hello, hello. L-O-L-O-L. Okay, um, can I just say real quick, that bugs me when people write L-O-L-O-L-O-L, laughing out loud, out loud, out loud, out loud. By people, you mean Rev? Anyway, does that. He's the only one that does that. No, 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 you're getting like ironic now. No, it's, it's not even a real thing. Laugh out loud, out louder, out louder, out louder. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, you know, scales. Okay. LOL well, is allowed now as long as you say it lol because it's ironic. It's ironic. That's why. We reclaimed it. It's like uh, late speak. Yep. We've <laughs> taken, we took, we're it, we took it back. back. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to say something right now because, oh. All <laughs> right. You should watch. The- uh, Jane said, "Oh no, Clerks too. You should definitely watch it. That's awesome." Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's mm-hmm. for everyone out there. Mm-hmm. So the next topic is approaching non-geeky hobbies as a geek, and I'm going to give you my real life example, and then I want you guys to just run with it. 
<laughs> get that? I you do. will. Here <laughs> he comes. I've been, for the last couple months, I've been working out and trying to get healthy and uh, trying to get fit. And as I've been going through that process, I've been doing kind of some, like, lifting of weights, and I've been doing, like, other stuff that you can do relatively stationary, but I've been really hesitant to do, like, serious cardio because I'm lazy. I mean, <laughs> I want to get as healthy as you can get without sweating, you know, basically. Yep. So I talked to some awesome people on Twitter who I'm friends with, and they've just had these awesome stories that they've been sharing about how they did it and all this stuff. And one of them said that she did it by running, and she didn't like it at first. And she said this was a really good advertisement for running. She said, well, I started trying it, and I didn't really like it, and then I did it for several months, and now it's okay, I guess. So I'm all about that. So I was like, you know, maybe I could give this running thing a try. I obviously have the body of... (laughs) I spend time in front of a computer, more time in front of a computer than I do on the track, but be that as it may, I thought, what the heck, I'll give it a shot. So the first thing I did, the very first thing I did, when when I look at running, running is athletic, running has... You don't talk about Proust at all, while you're running. I mean, I guess you could, but in general, you wouldn't. You, you really don't read, like, David Pogue articles while you're running. <laughs> um, I could access my Google Reader on my iPhone, but I might drop it. Or you could buy bad. a Kindle, right? So, Or I could buy a Kindle. Much lighter. Lower <laughs> and run while resistance. reading a Kindle? Oh, my God. I can't imagine anything more retarded than <laughs> The only thing more retarded, I think, than that would be mounting that Kindle to a Segway and instead of running, just riding your route. <laughs> I'm riding on my Segway, reading my Kindle. Oh, my Lord. I can feel the burn. But anyway, so the first thing I did as a geek who was approaching this hobby that was certainly a non-geeky hobby was I Googled it. And I'm kind of ridiculous. I'm going to give you guys the exact phrase that I Googled, and you're going to laugh. I Googled starting running. Starting running. And I found, as I was telling Jay earlier, I, I received from Google as a gift, like a present that it gave me. It took 55 seconds, and it gave me 100 and 38 million results. Obviously, a couple, a couple days from now, when I'm finished reading all of those, I'll be able to start running. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, well, you know, the, the first few articles are highly relevant, and they tell you about stretching, and they tell you about all the stuff you need to know. But I, it just struck me that the thing that I wanted to do was about as far from a geeky hobby as you could get, aside from beating up geeks. And the first thing that I did when I wanted to get started on this little hobby or this little adventure was to Google it. And I just kind of wondered, is that a geek trait? Do we always approach everything in a geeky way? Because if that's the case, if everybody is like that, if you guys are all like that, and I'm like that, and all the rest of the geeks are like that, um, I think we definitely have a leg up on any competition, because we're just much more prepared. But I don't know, I'm going to kick it over to Rev. What do, you, do you have any experiences like this in your life where you're like, I don't know, you need to fix a sink or something, and you just hit me? Well, um, for, first, I wanted to give a reply in the same vein as you. And I didn't Google it because I knew what I would get in Google. But about two months ago, I Twittered because I thought, you know, my friends who are also geeky and they're going to assume that I already Googled it or I know what I'm going to Google. I Twittered, hey, um, I'm looking for some way to, to, to lose some weight uh, without doing serious cardio. And I got flamed by people. And by flamed, I mean them saying, are you an idiot? You run or you you have to do cardio, this and that. And I'm like, did you not assume that I already knew these things? <laughs> I wanted, like, like, I wanted inspired results, not Google results. 
Yeah. But no, to answer your question, I Google, if it's outside of my realm, even if it's inside of my realm, I Google everything. Uh, absolutely everything that I have questions on because it is way faster to look it up that way. And sometimes I worry about how meta my intelligence is. But not long. What do you mean by that? <laughs> the, how much of my intelligence is stored in Google? <laughs> it's not in my brain. <laughs> well, I mean, if you look uh, at it that way, and that, that's kind of, I've been applying, I've been recently in the process of applying for jobs and stuff, and one of the things that I find myself going back to again and again is, you know, I have experience with a certain amount of things, and that's great. But what I'm really bringing to the table is the ability to look at Google and then apply what I read there to a real-life <laughs> environment. That's what I get paid for. Oh, good yeah. Lord. Basically. I feel like I've, I've, I know how to index the Internet with my brain. <laughs> but then once I get the results, like, I, I don't know, I'm sure you're the same way. If you type in a, in a search query into the Google or the Bing, if you're so inclined. <laughs> if you swing that way, <laughs> as it were. You can, you inherently know from the first like few words in a description whether or not that result is going to be relevant or not. Am I right? Yes, but whoever is like playing cards in the background should mute their mic. Mm, it's not me. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Miles got into the trash. I was taking trash out of his mouth. Wow. A four-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> He's six months old. My six okay, months old. <laughs> I, I agree with that, Rev. And I don't know. It's interesting and what it does People to us. don't know that. It, like, I will be helping someone, whether it be at my place of business or in a personal environment. And I'll tell them, oh, just, just Google it. And I'll be standing there and I'll watch them specifically to see how they do it. And they'll, they'll put in, you know, semi-relevant keywords that I might in but not all of them which is okay it'll get them the results eventually i'm sure and then they'll look at the results and they'll click every one yeah. oh my every god every single I, one i have a great idea can we right now live here on the recording <laughs> try an experiment let's do it i'm in <laughs> okay i'm into experimenting right. wait do i need no. pants for oh, this because uh no you just need the internet Good. as usual <laughs> <laughs> pants no internet yes all right. Uh, okay, so I purchased the most recent uh, Muse album, right, off of iTunes. And uh, for some reason, every time I launch iTunes on my PC, I have to enter my login password again. And I enter it, and then a few seconds later, it says there are problems downloading some purchased items. Two total errors, and here are the errors. So you guys are going to need these for the experiment. Ready? Uh, there were problems downloading some purchased items. For information on the items that could not be downloaded, click below. Or, there was a problem downloading iTunes LP, the resistance, the resistance, Muse. An unknown error occurred. Here's your error code, ready? In parentheses, dash 23. Please check that the connection to the network is active and try again. Okay? Did you buy it on your iPhone? I may have. So what is the Fire what exactly is the nature of this experiment that we're doing right now? I do not have access to this album that I've already paid money for. Which do you want to see who can Google the re the the solve my problem solution quick. the quickest? Because I I've searched I've searched the internet I've searched it for song cannot download iTunes and unknown error occurred dash twenty three in parentheses which is the most horrible search ever. As a matter of I've fact, tried about 
I, I have right in front of me a list with 119 replies. The topic, iTunes LP download not completing. And it says, so I'm adding myself to this list. Nothing new to tell. The LP content is blocking any Apple downloads. I've pre-ordered the new, new Muse album and did not get the LP content at first. After contacting Apple, they told me that it was now available for me. My download queue is blocked with this file, telling me that the store is not available. So? Sounds like you need to contact Apple. Fair enough. That was my Which actually, time. I will have to say, in experience, contacting Apple for iTunes-related issues is not a big deal. Nice. It may take a day or two, but usually they figure it out. Yeah, so all you have to do apparently is either email them or call them and ask them to empty your download queue and refill it so that you can download the album. Because what it seems to be indicating is that uh, the the way that the album was entered, it, it was made available to your queue before the actual data was there, and now the stuff that's in your queue... It, it's like it, it doesn't point to anything, so it's just going to sit there and you can't download anything else. In fact, it's not just the LP, but you're not going to be able to download anything behind it in your queue either. So if you purchase additional albums after this, you won't get them. Nice. Until they fix it. I would also suggest for all our listeners, Jay, whether or not you did buy it with your phone or not, if you're at a computer and you want to buy an album, buy it on the computer and not on your phone, on the iPhone. Why is that? I, I've just had multiple issues where... The sync screwed up getting the actual MP3s back onto a computer. And having MP3s held hostage on your phone is not a happy thing. No, I found that too because I downloaded uh, on a whim a, a ringtone, which I realized afterwards was just horrible, just terrible waste of money because um, I could just use a song. Yeah, you can, but, you can actually use, yeah. However, it was Led Zeppelin, so I'm incredible. Mm, okay. Um, and it wasn't a, like, lame-ass, and by lame-ass, I mean overly exposed Led Zeppelin song. It was, in fact, Custard Pie, which is a great song. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad you've sufficiently defended yourself for downloading I have, and no, I had an issue with it, and it's resolved itself. So, there you go. Anyways, thank you for joining me in this experiment. As I, <laughs> Yay! Actually, the evil plan the whole time, I don't actually care about the best methods for finding information. Well, that's... You solve my problem for me. <laughs> ironically, that wasn't even what we were talking about, but I am more than happy to to take a turn from uh, from the original topic. so But let me kick the original topic back over to Daisy. I know you have a lot of non-geeky habits. In fact, you describe yourself as not being a geek. Do you approach things in a geeky way when you're doing them? Because I want to debunk this whole you're not a geek thing, and I just... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the way. Okay, well, if uh, gathering information before embarking on a new adventure is geeky, then yes, I'm totally a geek. Booyah. Via the internet. Via the internet. Via the internet. And, but you know what? If the internet didn't exist, I would still try to find out library. some other way. You would be at the library. Right. Pretty geeky. Well, see, the yeah. internet does exist, and quote-unquote non-geeks go to Borders and buy the book. Right. That's true. Or they, or they pay someone else to figure it out for them. Which is interesting, because that's like kind of what I do with my A personal trainer car. or something. But no, I'm not really paying people to figure stuff out with my car. I'm paying them to do it, because I don't want to. Right. So I guess it's different. Yeah. No, well, yeah. If I'm anything, yeah, I use the internet for everything. I would die without the internet. All right, good. Then you are... You might, actually, depending on where you were leaving, to. <laughs> you could. Yeah. Not a good time to go to Mexico City. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, whether it's if, if I... Uh... I don't know. Anything. If I... Yeah. I, don't, I have no examples because 
it's everything. I can't remember the last time I wanted to do something new and didn't research it before I started doing it. Especially if I'm going to somewhere in L.A., I even will look at the uh, Google Street View so I know what the place looks like out front. Because I don't know if you guys have gone to many venues in L.A., um, but it's like you get there and you're like, okay, where the heck is this place? So... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you don't like you pull up to the valet, but you're not sure if it's really the valet or yeah. if you're going to get. Is it the by valet for the hotel or for the venue or for the mall? Right. You know what I do that with is um, when I go on interviews or when I go to a new client for a job, and I want to make sure I'm there on time. First, I look at the street view, then I look at the freeways. I look at Google's estimate with traffic, which is almost always great. I map out an alternate route, and then I am never late. It's awesome. Hey. So, awesome. And Jay, did you have anything to add to that? I mean, I know you're you're on this wagon pretty pretty strongly. I loves me some internets. <laughs> I learned how to tie a tie on the internet. As did I. I think our fathers were supposed to teach us that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they did, but you know, like they teach you when you know, you're 10 minutes late, and you're standing in front of the mirror, and they're asking you where your shoes are, and you're like, I don't have any shoes. And, <laughs> you didn't buy you know, me shoes because like, you don't love me. Like, you can't wear tennis shoes. I don't have any other shoes. Your mother didn't buy you any other shoes. These are all the shoes I have. Like, these ones are muddy. You can't wear muddy shoes. You know? It's like, tie your tie. I don't know how to tie a tie. You don't know how to tie a tie? Um, I think it's sad, but it did just give me inspiration for a book that I'm going to write called I Grew Up on the Internet. No. Scratch that. I was raised by the internet. It's going to be amazing. David Allen Mamet. I can barely hear you right now. David Allen Mamet. <laughs> that was too much, actually. Too much in the other direction. Yeah, you sound, and you opened your door. I can hear you in my headphones and my ears. Ruiner. <laughs> Which is where I hate hearing you in my ears. All right, let's move on to our last topic. Do we want to move on to our last topic or just wrap it up? Let's wrap it up, but before we move off this... Do you want to talk about fantasy football? Yes, I do. <laughs> All right, take it away. Uh, only because it fits into this topic nicely, as well as having been the topic of a Penny Arcade comic. And, yeah, the non-geeky hobby. It is. It does fit into the non-geeky hobbies. That Penny Arcade to- comic was hilarious. You almost died laughing. I, I thought I was going to lose you for a minute. Was... Oh, but because it was... What did I say after I finished reading it? I said, you know, it hurts a little bit because it's so close to home. It is pretty close to home. It's very true. So anyway, go ahead and the tell comic, us about this. Essentially, I'm not going to like read it to the internet, but uh, it's uh, the two main characters are having an argument because one finds out that the other is doing fantasy football and the other tries to convince him that it's just uh, it's just a uh, RPG. <laughs> and when you look uh, at it, it's almost true. <laughs> it really is almost true. <laughs> it, it is. Um, and that's why my dad owns at it. He will rule at every fantasy sport he ever does because my dad is essentially a giant calculator. And uh, fantasy sports is a giant calculator. So uh, it's not really... I mean, if you want to look at the hierarchy of people who are in geek denial, you have people who are sports fans and, ha- and, and play fantasy. And then somewhere in that middle region is frat boys who play Xbox. <laughs> which moves very loosely into World of Warcraft players who PvP too much. And then, nice. you know, well done. I, I think that's the crossing over. And once you're out of the, the PvP, uh, you know, teabagging you after they one-shot you, 
um, kind of stuff. You're into safely into clan wars in uh, shooter games on yeah. PCs, and then you're into what is officially geek culture beyond there. Um, so that's kind of the fringe. And a lot of people's dads play fantasy sports, um, which is a pretty good indicator that um, I think this might be the last generation that does it, to be honest, because people are just going to actually play video games. <laughs> <laughs> well, what got me about about that whole thing, like, it was years. I didn't grow up in a household where football was watched ever. And, uh-huh. it, you know, football was seen at my grandparents' house on Thanksgiving, you know. Yeah. So it was years for me before I really realized what fantasy football was. And I remember, I distinctly remember when I understood exactly what it was, feeling so much better about my geeky predilections. <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't really explain why, but now I understand why. You've really you've really drawn it out for me. You've really highlighted it and it is they're just like us, man. We're all just trying to have fun in interesting ways and when you start building pretend teams of football players that that are your pretend your favorite pretend team and then you name them a pretend name mm. come on now that's it, mm. that's it right there so, so i agree fantasy football completely yee and amazing and everybody should do it all the time <laughs> it makes you feel any better i'm 0 and 3 it makes you me know the great. only thing that makes me want to do it is like uh, the spreadsheets <laughs> which totally <laughs> Like, they talk about it off at the office, and I'm like, maximize the number at the bottom right? Yes. Well, <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you how I do it really quick, just so you know how half-hearted it is, because it pretty much is. Like, when I go to Yahoo, you go to projected stats, and then you click on next week. You do this on Saturday <laughs> night before the game on Sunday, by the way. Projected uh... stats, and you look out for... For O or P next to a player's name, because that means that they are either out or probable, which means they're risky, okay? That's about as far in strategy as I get. And then it'll say the amount of points they're estimated to get in their match. And, uh, and then you compare that with your guys who are on the bench, and then you swap the ones who have <laughs> higher numbers. <laughs> and then you say, okay, and then you go to bed, and the next day your dad asks you how you're doing in your fantasy league, and you say, man, I think I'm doing all right. <laughs> I have a friend last year that played and he set up his dudes I don't know much other than what you've told me in play over dudes. here he set up he sets up his dudes and he set it up and he did it like the first four weeks and then after that first four maybe six weeks he just left them there mm-hmm. and he won in second place not first it can happen. Second, he got second place it can happen I'm here to tell you it can happen to you, too. If only you'll try out fantasy sports. Don't do it. All right. <laughs> all, all of that is true. And so the last topic, Daisy. Yes. Daisy. Daisy. <laughs> Why Daisy, are you Daisy. afraid of the G-Talks? I'm not afraid of Jesus. She's just afraid someone will talk to her. Yes. <laughs> that's why. That's why. Why my wife doesn't get on G Talk. She's like, I'm. Like, why aren't you on G Talk? She's like, Well, I don't want to talk to anyone on it, and I don't want them to talk to me. Yeah. Well, because I sign on G. I'm on G Talk right now. I have been like all night. But when. <laughs> I don't sign on GTalk. Hey, hey! (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> We're IMing her. <laughs> all three of us, I'm sure. Yes. Everybody, yes, all three of you at the same time. Um, <laughs> see, it distracts me. You're far away. <laughs> we knocked you off your like computer. Dropped your microphone and ran away from the computer. I'm sending I'm her getting messages. Um, see, now I can't stop looking at the chat boxes. If I if I have to focus on what I'm doing, like if I'm doing homework or if I'm working or something that requires my actual attention, I don't turn on Gtalk because someone will talk to me and I'll get distracted by them and I'll just keep Those talking. Those jerks. Hmm. Yeah, God forbid you talk to your friends. <laughs> well, you have a valid we'll point. <laughs> there are times when I have to enforce a little radio silence on the internet because it, it is, is with everything off. that we have coming at us, it can be difficult to focus on the things that we need to get done. In fact, there was a study recently that showed that people who spend a lot of their time multitasking have a difficult time <laughs> focusing, <laughs> focusing for an extended period of time on a single subject. Which and I the problem with that being. Yeah. I can't do two, <laughs> less than two things at once. Well, okay. That's my wife. She hates it. Here's, um, <laughs> I don't know. This is bad, I guess. This is not very kind of me. But I was very on, bad. I, I was on G-Talk all day, every day when I had a full-time job. <laughs> wow. And, but, well, but actually, I don't know, because I had G-Talk signed on all the time so people could talk to me if they wanted to. And I would be working, but I would also have um, TV in the background while I was working. So I'd be watching a TV show and working and talking to people on GTalk if they happened to be talking to me. But, See, I go, and if you want to hire Daisy, I go invisible. <laughs> and then I just talk to the people that I You've want. You've just given away your secrets. I know. Now well, everyone yeah, knows. I just said this on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I know you don't listen to podcasts, but you know this is other people, other people listening do. to you. Yeah. But the crazy, well, but the crazy thing is, since you are invisible, like maybe they don't know. Maybe that's the time you IM them and you're they IM you and they're really not online. They don't know if I got an email or if I just got an IM and I saw it. They don't exactly. know. Exactly. And I'm well, not on all day. <laughs> okay. Can I just point out that? Um, <laughs> I got three IMs right in a row. Three. One from my husband, one yes. from David, and one from Rev. Only one of those was not dirty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Was it from? Thank goodness Matt Kitchen wasn't here. That's all I'm saying. Oh or God. Andy. Oh or pretty yeah. much anyone, really. All right. Well. That's about all we've got for this episode of Borked, and I, I feel like this was a long episode, but that may have been because we were talking for like an hour and a half before we started. I think it was also long. Yes. All right. In any event, thank you guys for uh, thank you guys for hanging out. Daisy, thank you for putting together the news articles. Those were awesome, and that was great. And thanks for sharing your opinions. I had a lot of fun talking to you guys, and I know you had fun because you were talking to me, so that's like a... <laughs> It automatically makes it fun. Correct. Funnest thing this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I can't think of, do you guys have any any closing (laughs) thoughts, closing arguments, or plea bargains that you'd like to enter at this time? Um, Learn to use the internet properly. Please. There's a good XKCD comment on that. Oh, yes. Oh, I I was just going to say, when you guys were talking about Fanny's football, if if you listen to this podcast, you probably also read Penny Arcade, but if you don't, you should go and read the article and comic titled The Distinction. 
Penny Arcade is, is good for all. It is very uh -huh. funny. Great. I agree with all, all of that is true. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you can find us on the web at BorkedCast.com. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash BorkedCast. And if you want people who actually tweet, you can follow me, David Eagle, at twitter.com slash cdeagle. You can find Revoked at twitter.com slash revoked. I don't Twitter. Jay is at... What? Oh, did you cancel that already? Are you on Twitter now? I deleted my Twitter. You, okay, cool. You gave that um, to someone else. $500. Jay, Jay is at twitter.com slash tesson, T-E-S-S-O-N. And you can find Daisy at twitter.com slash daisy, C-O-R-3. So check those out. Check out um, back episodes if you haven't listened to them. They're all awesome. And we will we'll be here. I mean... We're here every week. We just, we're on the guys, internet every day. We're all up in the internet's business. All we may so be invisible happens. at times. So. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, we're by always all means, there. contact us with your feedback. Any feedback we get, we talk about on the show for a long time. So please give us some feedback. Um, give us your opinions. If you disagree, we'd love to hear that as well. And we might even have you on the show. So, I mean, we won't force you or anything. But, hey, just throwing that out there. <laughs> so uh, check all that out. Email us, we at borkedcast.com. And that's pretty much it. We will talk to you next week. And until then, stay nerdy. Mm -hmm.